Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Goggler Presents. This is another look at Star Trek Picard. This is our dissection of episode two, which just dropped it's on Picard's Thursday. Picard's flute episode two. Picard's flute <laughs> I'm sticking episode with two. I'm fighting for really. this. <laughs> I think we're going to call it Picard's flute All right. episode two. Um, so this one was called Maps and Legends. It was uh, written by Akiva Goldsman and Michael Shabon. It dropped on Thursday and it picks up uh, immediately where we left off, but with a very interesting pre-credits opening. Because mm. uh, you know, how shows like this, normally when they hint at something or they mention something in passing, like, oh, since attacked Mars, you usually have to wait for episode nine for that flashback, right? Just before we'll the get, season we'll, ends. Yeah, we'll get to this in our Lock and Key podcast. It's like a point in Netflix shows where it's like, remember that thing you saw in episode one? Here's the whole episode explaining that. Yeah, yeah. and it always happens episode eight or nine. Happened yeah. in Altered Carbon, happens all the time. But here it happens at the pre-credits intro yeah. in episode two, which is kind of cool. It is kind of cool. We get to see our first look at the synthetics now of this new Star Trek mm. universe. And, you know, F8. Scary. <laughs> have you have you ever seen the Alien Isolation video game? No. There's um, your, main, your main adversary in that is one alien that stalks you. But there's also working robots called Working Joes okay. that look okay. like this. And when you're in a dark room and their eyes are glowing and they're walking around saying, let me help you before bashing your brains in. Just like this guy does. <laughs> they're creepy as hell. No, this is super scary. Every time he has to fake a laugh for a joke, yeah. he goes knock, knock. And he's just like, I don't get it, but I'm going to smile at you creepily. If anyway. you're going to design a synthetic life form to help you out, why not make them out of like, why aren't they plush? Yeah. <laughs> like they should be huggable. Yeah. Like or, the, you know. or look like Wally. Yeah. Right. If they look human, this is super uncanny valley. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I don't, I mean, I think that's that's always the, the the decision to make, right? Do you make them instantly recognizable and yet not human, mm. or do you make them completely non-human and then be comfortable? With Just it? make them look like Care Bears. I I would I don't know I, or I, Baby Yoda. I I find those creepier. Like Actually, I wouldn't true. I wouldn't want to see a Baby Yoda just walking around helping me with the. <laughs> if car. a little bear was like hello, yeah, with a knife, it's like can you pass me the knife? Bear, Kerber, yeah. back off, man, That's back off. creepy. Maybe they shouldn't make them so big. You know, make them small. Yeah. <laughs> so in case they They're go, mini humans. Yeah, in case they go, you know, mental, you just kick them. Also, I have to say, that scene was really cool, though. Like, when, when he goes nuts, when F8 yeah. goes nuts yeah. and starts attacking people with that laser weapon thing. Yeah, like, well, I don't know what that's for. It's like, it's like <laughs> super dangerous. There? Have you ever seen, like, staple guns that fire staples that are really big? Mm. Yeah. They have a safety guard. Yeah, yeah. You can't fire them unless they're up against something. It's probably uh, a good same, idea for this as well. Same nail guns as well. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, was, I was telling Uma after, the, after those, scenes was that I like the fact that you could see the laser go through the people mm. so like it bounces off the wall at the back and there's like a burn mark on the wall yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah, essentially that's what it's a cutting are. laser for like yeah. doing heavy industrial work yeah, yeah ideally Not it should be humans. mounted to something with safety goggles sure. and yeah. you know a warning sign yeah, and a dead safety, man switch all that a kind of safety stuff. button somewhere yeah. sure yeah uh, yeah. I spent some of this week watching uh, Red Letter Media's old stuff and they do nitpick a lot. These are the guys who Mr. Plink at Star yeah. Wars reviews and things. And they can be entertaining, um, but they can also get like lost in the weeds very badly. They kind of had some problems with Picard that stuck a little bit with me from this scene, which is that they've kind of made Starfleet or humanity out to be kind of dicks yeah. in Picard. Oh, yeah. In that like Roddenberry's future, they wouldn't have been quibbles over helping the Romulans. And in Roddenberry's future, they wouldn't be picking on the android guy. Yeah, this is I mean, these the workers he was working with were kind of dicks. Yeah, yeah, for no reason. No, but except like, for you know, fun games before they died. But like, 
then isn't that the argument that we had that utopian future this is post utopian the, the yeah. breakdown yeah, of yeah. It, right? that, that was their problem with it but yeah. i think that's the thing it's like utopia can only last for so long because it's constantly changing around the edges mm. and what does it mean to be in a utopia when you have your outside conflict that's the whole yes. point but i think that is something that we'll get to in a bit when uh picard meets the new head of starfleet and they have that little argument which mm. is really really cool but before we get there i wanted to say the attack on mars happens on the holiday when humans made first contact right yeah. first contact day. is that from cochrane day i'm sure that's going to come back that's got to mean something there must be a reason why it was to make you talk about it like this yeah maybe maybe <laughs> i mean why just to remember i mean, can remember people. star trek first contact remember that <laughs> they can't just make it a tuesday yeah surely yeah. <laughs> it's not a coincidence you know, they can't just make it a normal tuesday at 9 a.m they yeah. have to give it a reason i mean they're they're kind of ping back to the movies there's something else they did later on i think with the like his badge is the kind of it's the movie's badge right yeah that's so right, that's right. It. it's his old badge yeah which is around First contact time. I mean, first contact probably where they introduced those badges, and Deep Space Nine and Voyager had those badges as well. Yes, and but, then they went on to get the slightly different ones. I think after that. But when we meet the new people, like uh, played by Tamlin Tomita, who uh, plays one of the admirals, or she an admiral? admiral I can't remember. O. Admiral O, I think. Or yeah, uh, when we meet Commodore? her, Commodore. Yeah, and when we meet her, she's got uniforms and badges that are very similar to all good things. Because oh. they've got the they've got the kind of split background on the badge. Yes, yeah. that's but right. The, but the the the, the and even the, the rank cross, insignia is in a different yeah, place. The, the ranks are no longer they move from the collar down to the yeah. to the chest. They usually oh. would have like three little dots yeah. on the collar, so they've moved down. And Commodore means you get a giant fucking badge, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's weird because everyone else has got like two little dots. Um, but the suits do look a little bit like the Deep Space Nine work suits. That's right. Because like, yes. you can bend in those, and it doesn't it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't stick to you like the spandex that they had to wear in. The next generation season one, which the yeah. cast were all like, you can see everything. Yes. I can, I can eat one pee a day. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat one pee a day and I can have one pee a day because they're murdered to get in and out of and they show off every everything. bulge yeah. and everything. Suck it in. Suck it in. <gasps> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this episode was interesting for me because as I was watching it, I was thinking, okay, so this is moving very slowly, right? Yeah. And throughout the episode, I was thinking, somebody please get Picard on a ship. We need Picard on a ship. But at the same time, I realized that a lot of the things happening in this episode or what might happen in this season would usually happen in one episode of Star Trek. Mm. Um, right. And it seems like they're trying to really build up a universe and a mythology as opposed to wrap everything up in 60 minutes or 44 yeah. minutes, right? Uh, and then I forgave it a little more because after the first episode, I thought this episode went down to a plodding pace mm. except for the last five minutes. Yeah, I think it's it's the difference between like, you know, if Game of Thrones was just set in Winterfell. Yes. You know, they are filling out the world mm. a little bit more. They're setting up threads to be kind of filled in and they had to... They had to let us know what was going on with the reclamation center. So all that kind of stuff, the, the Borg Cube stuff. They had to fill in more background there. I think it is interesting because it's the kind of show we want to see. Like the Mandalorian is for Star Wars. It's that thing where it's just like we're in the universe. We're not tied to one ship or yeah. one thing. Yeah. It's like you're getting all this stuff. And you get to see the transporter gates. Which is cool. Which is cool. And you get to see, you know, they only... If you're on a ship that's not called Enterprise, you can forget about ever getting your name in the rafters at Starfleet headquarters. It's like you got the A... You got the D and the rest of you can yes. screw off. It's like a big holographic <laughs> yeah. representation of your shit. Yeah. Can I can I just bring up those transporter gates seem awkwardly positioned? Like it feels like you could it's accidentally the stumble. If, you, if you're coming through one with a box. Yeah. Like, no, but it's not even that. People it, pointed out with the, with the trailers because there are people walking in and out of one yeah. at the same time. But yeah. it's just 
they're just going into there's always a transporter buffer which is where scotty hid for like 70 years in right space sure crash. Absolutely, so yeah you just walk in and out of those and you're just stored somewhere till they send you until they are no but it's also it's in the middle of a, in yeah. the middle of a middle of a walkway yeah you know it's not in the corner it's not like a full Oops, you go why in. am i embarrassed this is the thing as well where the fight scene the explosion was last episode uh-huh. i was into another podcast the tested podcast and they were saying like that's just the anaheim convention center <laughs> <laughs> and those stairs go nowhere <laughs> so it's kind of i was like oh because I was wondering it looks so you know futuristic it's so rich and everything looks so nice it's like then I was watching all the, the Picard Vineyard scenes today I was like this is in California isn't it <laughs> like, this is in France because we got to see later on in the episode we get to see Devil is it Devil's Rock yeah, the, yes, kind of yes. the funky rock so yeah, like yeah. it is like they're staying away from those cave sets that Voyager used to go mm. to and the same dusty kind of planet that TNG went to all the time right so you're getting to see a slightly different side of California but it's still the California, California tourist yeah. board in space I think that's always a... It's going to happen. Yeah, but... but I wasn't sure where they were shooting. Right, because I was... As I was watching it, I was thinking to myself, I'm sure people out there are going, hey, that's around the block from my house. Yeah. You know, and, and that's always the problem with a futuristic show because you can't... Obviously, you can't build the whole thing mm-hmm. unless you sit in a spaceship the whole time. And if especially if you want to show a futuristic Earth, you're going to have to set it somewhere. Yeah, and you have to give people jackets with ties up and weird ties or weird collars. You have to dress them yeah. up, yeah, weirdly. So, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention last week when I was talking about the Tao Shia thing, I was right, but also it wasn't really a big surprise because since we recorded that podcast, I read the second issue of the Picard comic book oh. where we meet his Romulan helpers. Uh-huh. So they actually help him out because they're both Tal Shia. Mm. Oh, they, they are Tal Shia. They are, mm. and they're both in love. And you're not allowed to have relationships in the Tal Shia. Ah. And so there's a really funny, like the comic's really well written. And there's a really funny bit in the comic where someone's like, well, you know, um, if you if you are Tal Shia, you wouldn't tell us you were Tal Shia. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe you are just because you want to lead us down the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that interesting because, again, as you we were speaking about it last week, when you guys were telling me about the Tal Shia and the story behind it and everything, I was thinking, like, ooh, are they secret agents? Are they like moles? Are they mm. are they going to double cross Picard at some point? No, he just knows. But they're his buddies. Yeah. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, but until until that point, because it so they, that, had, they had battle. They had like was it fleets to rescue nine million, nine hundred million Romulans. Romulans. Picard got two out. Yeah, it's <laughs> got picked up, And like Chewbacca, double. they gave a life debt to him. Essentially, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> we'll find out why they're hanging out. There is that kind of point of like. No, I need you to stay here and take care of the vineyard. It's like, you know, you've done your, well done, um, you know, supporting actor, but you're not required for the rest of the show. No, thank you. But I suspect they're going to come with him. At some, uh, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, you don't think so? No. He, he very clearly said, no, you stay here. You stay here. You look after the Pino. <laughs> <laughs> we need the money. We need the money, man. <laughs> if I'm going to go out into space. Yeah, you're going to keep an eye on that. Yeah. So the episode starts off with, with, with Picard doing this whole thing like he's on a holodeck it was mm. kind of cool where he's investigating the crime scene but it's and it's a weird it was a interesting but weird setup to have them like cutting between them investigating and then just chatting about it at home they were going mm. cutting back yeah, and forth yeah, between yeah, the yeah, two yeah. things yeah also, i was confused at that bit cause... also i was like the, the 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 concept is like that is, is everyone speaking their own languages and the, the universal translator is translating like i think they did in discovery right where the actual universal translators on the ship broke down and everyone yes had to, saru yeah. had to translate for everyone yeah yeah because I don't think Fecker is Romulan. No. Because she says like, yeah. oh, the Fecker's wiped it clean. And I was like, oh, wow, they can add this to the Star Trek jargon along with that time O'Brien said bollocks when something blew up. Right. Only on American TV, though. It was, it was, it was uh, muted out so everywhere else. 
Really? Oh, yeah. Really? That's not that episode in the States. It's where his kid falls through the time gate and comes back as a feral 18-year-old. Okay. And he's trying sure. to fix something and it blows up. And he goes, bollocks! And I was watching it on TV, like, in the US going, he said bollocks on the telly! <laughs> <laughs> because it's, you can get away with bollocks and wanker on the TV. No, because the opening of this episode where she goes, cheeky feckers. Cheeky feckers. I was, I was yeah. like, whoa! whoa. Oh, this mean, is an adult. <laughs> yeah, she's really Irish from Bolt <laughs> Romulans speak with Irish accents, British accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got a whole bunch of new looking Romulans. Because, you know, in the original series and even in Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, Romulans showed very little emotion because yeah. they were cousins of the Vulcans, but they were just boring as all hell characters. Right. They even huh. looked boring. They didn't have cool facial hair like Narek does. Mm. Right? Yeah. Mm. Um, and they've changed all of that, which I think is for the better because it makes them more three-dimensional characters because normally when you meet a Romulan they all look and sound the same yeah. makes them more human sorry not mm. really I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Riker, Worf and LaForge all got name dropped but yeah but like no no let's not go talk to them they're too expensive <laughs> <laughs> they, they'd gladly come with me in a heartbeat but I don't want to bring them along because this is my show this is my show this is Picard yeah that was cute uh, I did like so then they, the, the, the investigation continues Picard tries to get off this planet goes to Starfleet has a chat Gets shot down by Starfleet, then goes and talks to his friend Rafi, who we've no idea what's going on there, apart from she likes the 68. Yeah. Mm. And that's kind of it. There's hints of little things dropped. So um, I can't remember the, the actor's name. It's in my other notes. Oh, David um, Paymer. Sorry, David. David Paymer, who shows up as yes. his old doctor. And he's not been in it before, but he's, no. it, it looks like he was Bones on the Stargazer. Correct. From the way he mentioned that. Ah, remember that time on the Stargazer? Remember that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I'm plot point. But, um, but basically the key plot point from the end of Next Generation's All Good Things comes back again because it's his uh, frontal parietal lobe thing. Yeah, because I meant to look that up but I couldn't remember how to spell parietal lobe. Is that from the Borg? Or was that from like when he's an old man and he just like has whatever the... Did he get the mind problem disease from Sarek or anything like that? No, No, I thought it was a remnant from the Borg stuff Mm. that's coming back to haunt him. Hmm. Because it was kind of hinted that uh, it no. would be a problem later in life. Yeah, I I initially thought it was like in my limited knowledge of Star Trek, I was like, oh wait, he was a Borg once, wasn't he? Mm. I'm like, oh, could that be a thing? Mm. Um, I mean, for me, a lot of this episode felt dull because mm. it because like you said, Uma, it slows incredibly down mm. from episode one, which was a lot of excitement to really get you in on it but then i think it's episode two i'm i'm wondering if it's episode two is feels like it's more for you guys and less for me because i'm i'm really not sure where this is going and i'm not seeing a progression from from episode one in episode mm. two i don't know if they're trying to do different things for every episode but when there's the point when picard is talking to agnes and he's like talking about maddox i think it is the, yeah. the guy we mm. talked about from the measure of the man who seems to be having more to do in the show and like they're actually going to go find him i figure if you name drop someone like that he must feature well, in the no, show, Piquet right? Said, I gotta go find this guy. Yeah. Like that. He's a plot point now. So that's yeah. interesting. But Agnes is like outlining some stuff and he goes, hmm, interesting. And then motive. So it's like, oh, this episode's a whodunit. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Exactly. From so, the very beginning, right? Mm. So I'm wondering if they're, if that's like just a Michael Chabon thing. They're going to, well, this episode's a whodunit and this one's a cooking show and this one's something else. You know, they're going to have something. Yeah, right, like, right. It, it doesn't fit the parameters of it exactly. But yeah. I'm wondering if they're going to do that before they get to the Star Trekky stuff. Because yeah. there is a trailer at the end that shows lots of spaceship stuff again, but like, they've been showing that for a while and there's no spaceships. No spaceships yet. <laughs> we haven't seen any spaceships. It's Earth Trek this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys? So do you guys want him to like get into space on a ship immediately, or do you want him 
puttering around Earth a bit Well, more. I like all this puttering about because the set pieces so far have been really good. Like that showdown with the Starfleet Admiral mm. when she goes Combat. such fucking hubris. Yeah, so right? they curse yeah. in Star Trek now. And yeah, they curse in Star Trek and, and, and the way she just takes him down mm. and I'm just like, do you not know who he is? Yeah. Oh, he no. saved the universe. No. She's an admiral, right? Yes. What did I say last week? Admirals are always assholes. <laughs> no, but, but Here's your admiral. You have to, here's your admiral pen. Remember, always be an asshole. But you will say that and I was watching it going, yeah, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> Just because you captained a ship maybe 70 years ago, now you can walk in here and demand your old sh- Screw you, sit down, Picard, get out of here. <laughs> it's the Kirk thing. You should have, I think we said this last week as well. You never give up the chair because once you give up the chair, you yeah. cannot and get it back. And that's why he was like, I'm you, willing to be demoted. You now. can even demote me down to captain. So yeah. he's gonna do. He's gonna do a Ross of Khan. He's gonna steal a ship. But did you guys think he? I mean, he shouldn't have said the thing he said about it's not my Starfleet. But I saw some people as well saying that in the interview in the first episode, it's like he lost it. I didn't think he lost it. I think he was righteously angry. Yeah, I, I didn't thought, get that. I didn't no, get that I think, feeling. I think. Yeah, I, I I agree with you, Ian. But I think also the the lost in inverted commas here would be that he was you know not camera ready. Mm. Maybe like because and, those and are also things to everyone else. To say. Yeah. Like the admiral felt he just lost it, right? Yeah. So I think because, but, but because else. he said your job is shit and I hate you. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna take that personally. <laughs> so that's why I, I was just I was shocked when she said the sheer fucking hubris. Oh. She lets him go for a while. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right? a great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great scene. Because like, for a split second it looks like he's she's gonna go all right. Yeah. The ship's in the back. The key, he had the keys. Throw his <laughs> she had the keys to the car, right? But then she just rails on him. And yeah. that was great. And again, like I said, I'm watching it going, yeah, hubris, mm-hmm. fucker. <laughs> Especially after what you pulled on Especially the Especially what happened. Yeah. I was, I was wondering if she was someone from the old show, but she's not. I thought she might be that like annoying blonde lady from the best of both worlds. Yeah. Which would have been nice, but she wasn't. And I also think uh, Tamlin Tamita's character wasn't anything. No, there were a bunch of annoying admirals who would often show up (laughs) on the Enterprise on the next generation and like order them to do stuff. Uh, And then of course, Picard would always just know better. But... And be proven right eventually. And be proven right eventually. With the support of his group. But wasn't... Isn't that also a theme thing they tried a couple of times on Discovery? What admiral shows up, right? Was oh it, yes, isn't yes, she yes, the yes. admiral? Yeah, what's yeah. her name is the admiral, right? And but she's a, a much nicer admiral. She's yeah. much yes. more like I'll see where this goes. But then season two ends with like Starfleet at war with itself because half of them are robot controlled admirals and stuff like that. So it got, eh. it got it got like still kind of we're fighting within ourselves all the time. Yeah, but all in all, I think the episode was interesting also because uh, we got to learn a lot more about Soji Asher, Daja's sister, mm. and uh, a little bit about Narek. I mean, we know he's a spy, yeah, but we don't really know who he's working for. He just drops a cunning hint like, I don't need anyone's approval to come watch you work. Yeah, so that Romulan thing is still like, we need a, we need an org chart to figure out how this is working. Why are the humans here? I presume it's it's uh, Bill Gates. It's like a, you know, our, like Elon, a, Elon Musk is reclaiming the belt. Right. Oh, so right. it's like it's a universal be, science project. Something right? like that, yeah. Although I did like the, the, the mention of the Romulan free state. Yes. It's like, it's a new political mm. group. It's the Star Empire is gone. The free state is kind of running the show here. I think it says on the wall, what is it? 5,843 oh, days? days since last assimilation. So, they fill that out nicely. Some of that I thought should have been in the previous episode, maybe explaining what the hell they're doing there. Yeah. Um, this is obviously, you know, they dropped the foreshadowing of, put on your badge and don't go into the gray zones. <laughs> Someone's going to take off the badge. And that, go poor, into the that, poor, new, that new girl, 
she's, she's so terrified. She's, she's so terrified. dead. Yeah. Like next episode, opening episode, it opens with her. She's already dead. She wandered into the gray zone. Like, you can tell it's like she might as well write a letter to her husband or something. Like that. <laughs> but yeah, they fill that in. Uh, it's still not clear. Is this so? This is Romulan's working within Earth. Tamlin Tomato is a Commodore O is a Vulcan. Yeah, and she doesn't look she, like a Romulan. No. But then, but what is the difference at this point? I don't know. If they haven't got the 80s um, gray uh, shoulder pads and, and bowl haircuts, yeah. yeah. what's a Romulan? What's, a, uh, the, what's the difference between a Romulan and the Vulcan? Because even in that... They may hate AI, but they've discovered fashion. Yeah. <laughs> but even then, Narek, was it? Who, he was saying to Commander, oh, like, oh, you know, you've... you've sh- softened your your ear tips or something oh yeah he, she's had she's like she's, she's had the, she's had the, uh, the yeah. surgical thing to make her look human yeah, yeah mm-hmm. so is she trying to do it for you know is she trying to fit in with the cool kids or is she or is it like a no she's undercover she's you think she's, so? a, she's an undercover yeah. romulan mm-hmm. so okay. that's but that's she's undercover romulan working with a vulcan who's a connor so it's again it's like there's factions within starfleet i guess correct um and i don't know whether it'll turn out that the vulcans are working with the romulans so it's just like well we can reunify now because you're in the weaker position yeah but also we hate ai the hating ai thing is again it's an odd Thing for Star Trek, and it, we're doing it a lot these days. Mm. <laughs> if you notice, like since Battlestar Galactica, yeah, everyone's afraid of AI. Everyone's afraid of Discovery's afraid of AI. Yeah, like it is a a weird thing. It's I a theme. It, it is a theme for for our times. It just like feels weird to me for Star Trek. Are they the new Russians? <laughs> yeah, Russians well, only use computers for numerical reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you saying the AI are the Russians or the Romulans are the Russians? The, the Russians, Romulans. The Romulans are the Russians. The AIs are the cruise missiles. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It, it, yeah. it's, it's an odd theme for Star Trek. It's it's interesting to explore it, and I'm hoping that it comes down to like, hey, AI, AI can be friends, as opposed yeah. to just mm. like let's murder them all. Yeah, you know, that doesn't seem like a star. Because that's a new introduction. Thing. Yeah, like the whole idea of have you noticed how Romulans don't have sins? I mean, that's a new plot point mm. to right. introduce into the universe. And then the other person says, up until recently, I didn't notice that we had sins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up until very recently, and, and, and I find that's a plot hole. That they, I mean, they filled it a little bit with the beginning section, but there is like. These synth ships, they were the synths were obviously these rogue synths were obviously together enough they designed their own spaceships. Yeah. Because they don't look like anything else yeah. when they're attacking Mars. Yeah. So it's like, okay, what was on board that? Because the synth on the planet was very much hacked. Yeah. It does a, there's like ooh, zoom in a design and it goes crazy. Yes. That's yeah. a hacking thing. Yeah. So it wouldn't be a secret Roman plot to blow up the to blow up the uh, armada that's gonna save them from their sun exploding, but I it could be someone I don't know. It's yeah. like yeah. I don't know. The, the, the factions within Starfleet, I mean, it already seems like that would happen based on the conversation that Picard had with the Admiral where, you know, he goes, we don't get to decide who dies. And mm. she goes, yes, we do. Yeah. Right. And mm. that for me was a shocking revelation when she says that. Yeah. And There's also the revelation that 14 of the species in the Federation were like, nah, fuck them. <laughs> exactly. Well, They're all like, them. no, because remember she says that a whole bunch of species went, no, no, let them die. Right. A yeah. load of species were going to Brexit if they were let the Romulans in. <laughs> Essentially. Sure. Rom, rom, we're putting in all the themes. Yeah, they're going to Romsit. Yeah. Romsit, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it, it, it ignores a little bit the kind of stuff of Star Trek Six. Yes, Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country where, you know, Kirk is very much like the, the Klingons are going to die in 50 years if we don't help them. And, right. Spock's, and Kirk's like, let them die. Let them they die. Took, they killed my son. I can never forgive them for what they did to my yeah. son. And it, it, in that, like, he slowly comes around, kind of, yeah. Kind just, of. Uh, in order to prevent the war and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I wonder, 
if we're going to explore that a little bit more in the Federation, we'll learn to be good guys again. Or they're now evil in the next step, next season of Star Trek. <laughs> By the time Discovery gets to the future, it's like the, the Federation is the evil ones that were like the... Remember the episode of Voyager where they were like they had the like it was thousands of years after Voyager had passed by, okay, and everyone thought that Voyager came and destroyed their planet, whereas Voyager was there to try to help out and got caught up in some war. Right, like, the historical record was so badly mangled. Yeah, so like they thought the Doctor was like a Joseph Mengele style like torture uh, uh, guy and all uh. this kind of stuff. Um, I wonder is that is that what Discovery is going to land in? Actually, to just go forward with this evil star? This not evil Starfleet, but this xenophobic not helpful Starfleet in the future. Just, just thinking like, about themselves. There's just six planets who are like, fuck off. Leave so me. I think it kind of makes sense because once you have this utopia, they want to do whatever it takes to protect this utopia, mm. right? And maybe that's led them to some very, very bad decisions. Mm. Um, and Picard seems to be like the one sole voice of reason because he's been out exploring the galaxy for years and mm-hmm. years and years. And so... He didn't have to do with any bureaucracy. Yes, exactly. He's out in deep space. Yeah. Can I ask... Uh, Fairly stupid question. Sure. What is the timeline now with regards to Discovery and the Next Generation and Picard? Oh, so Discovery at the end of season two, he, they jump like nine hundred years into the future. Yes, nine hundred years into the future, which right. is further. Nine hundred years in the future is like seven or eight hundred years ahead of, of Next Generation and Picard. Correct. Got it. Okay. So it's. So it's not like they're going to... Further like forward than any Star Trek it. series has okay, ever yeah. been. Okay, right? cool. It's like if you think from the original series to Next Generation is roughly a 100 years gap, I think. Yeah. And then... So that's just 100 years between okay. the 60s and the 90s. So essentially... Uh, and Discovery takes place took place 10 years before the first series. Yeah. So then they have jumped into the far future, which I think is also... It's not further than the Enterprise J from Enterprise, is it? Oh, actually, I don't know. Because, you know, there's this time war yes. in Enterprise. Yes. And there was at one Which point. Which was terrible. At one point, you know, this Daniels, was it? Crewman Daniels was this guy, this time traveler who would pop up and say, you need to help me, Archer. And it's like, this is this, this makes no sense. And he brought him to the future just to show him them winning the war or whatever like that. It was uh-huh. this huge, badly designed Star Trek ship. But that was like 600, 500, 700 yeah. years in the future. So they probably, they've jumped past that. So they're basically right. in Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda without Kevin Sorbo. Uh, for discovery. Or so we think. Or so we think. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Yeah. Hercules yeah. in space. <laughs> Is that really something we want to see? Not again. <laughs> um, other little interesting things which I noticed, they've stopped using uh, Maitre Bart's voice as the, the computer. computer. Mm-hmm. I think they finally ran out of stock stuff they can use, yeah. which is kind of sad because yeah. she had such a great voice. And, oh, well. Um, yeah, so that's, I think, the last kind of living connection to Gene Roddenberry that's right. no longer in Star Trek. Uh, and then the other thing that was interesting was that we get to see more of the holographic communication that we mm. saw in Discovery yeah. but was never in any of the other shows. Yeah, right. <laughs> and now they've perfected it. It's no longer flickery. It's just yes. like you're there. Yeah. yeah, you're there and you can like walk through people and yeah. stuff and it looks kind of cool. So yeah. yeah, those were the... I mean, it's nice that they've carried on that kind of stuff in this universe mm. Um, and, and gone with the line of, yeah, they made the show in the 60s, dude. They yeah. didn't have that kind of technology. You know, the, you know I, I see it occasionally uh, when people are talking about the pads, like the idea of having multiple iPads for different documents mm. in yes. Space Nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. They would have like two or three of them and be reading them at the, one at a time. It's like, you know, just like flick from one document. Can you not multitask? They haven't got the <laughs> they, they, they hadn't built in, um, was it uh, AirDrop yet at the yeah. time? So they're just trying to work it out. So yeah. they have to show two iPads. So it's like, yeah, it should always be a reflection of your times. That's that's part of the, the genius yeah. of it. Correct. I have a question. Then this is completely out of nowhere, only because it occurred to me while I was watching the show yesterday. In 
Avenue 5, they made a big joke about there being a delay in transmission hmm. from video transmission, right? So oh, someone, that was quite funny. Someone will talk to you and then you'd have to wait for a response. Yeah. And at Is the, it like a six minute? It's like a really like long a delay. But the footage still runs. So yeah. you're watching the guy going, now I just have to wait for you to respond to me. How do they do that here? Is there, I'm just curious, is there a thing in yeah. the... In, in has it been explained before in the seventy thousand years of Great doing America? your Professor Frank voice? <laughs> well, uh, well, <clears throat> sure. I mean, if you look at the universe, um, no, I think it depends on where you are. Also, no, but it's also it's so space. Yeah, I was going to say so. So space is basically, um, you know, you got carpet, you have the underlining. Yes, so sure. space is the underlining of the universe. Okay, and you can. It's not like dimensional travel, but you could like send. Protons are you can send molecules through that quicker, so you can send messages uh, through that, so you can have almost real time conversations. I if you're see. on the edge of the Federation, sure, but um, that's why it takes. That's why, like for example, Voyager when they were stuck in the Delta Quadrant, uh, even with subspace subspace communication, it would take ages for a message to get back to the right. Yeah, because okay. they were like really, really far away. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So there yeah. is a delay, but depending on how far away you are. Right. Right. Oh, and okay. so that's why, like, when you see things on screens, it might not be the light you're actually getting. They're just using subspace data to reconstruct it on the screen. Of sure. They're seeing. And until they made them fucking windows. Oh, yeah. They they're, made the they're windows. windows now. So it's like the sun went Nova. Well, we can see it. On the t- we can see it. But we shouldn't be able to see it for another eight to ten minutes yes. by the time the light reaches us. So those kind of things they kind of fudge a little bit because space is, as Douglas Adams once said, space is really, really, really big. <laughs> so it is kind of tricky to do that. And you know what? And you know what? Picard just really never cared for science fiction. He just didn't get yeah, it. Yeah, that was I nice. That, like, that, that was cute. That was weird cute. Drop yeah, on yeah. fucking Asimov, like dunking on Asimov for no reason. <laughs> oh, I see. You like the classics. Also, the title of the episode, I don't know if this has anything to do with anything, mm. but Michael Shabon has a collection of essays called Maps and Legends oh. in oh, a wow. book. So I don't know if the title has anything to do with... So if anyone Googles Michael Shabon and Maps and Legends, his book comes you, up first. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's some great SEO stuff. Great SEO. Yeah. I should say as well, sorry, the, the, the credit sequence still sucks balls, but, <laughs> and only became even more obvious as they kept, throughout the entire episode, they kept playing segments of the theme from Next Generation. Yes, they did. Like, as he, as he walks into Starfleet headquarters, as the horns are playing, I just mm. have in my notes and caps, the horns! Because it's like, da, 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 yes. in the background. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, they have bits of it going throughout, and it's like, just use that theme. Yeah. CBS, you own it, right? No, but it's, in, and in, in direct contrast to something like Discovery, which has a new theme song, but has a nice little homage, and I like it. Mm. That but nice also, Discovery feels like the opening bar- bars that have been stretched. So like yes. at the end of it, it's like, oh, we're starting the song now, and then it just cuts. cuts yeah. I, I think that's my problem with the, the Discovery theme, in that it doesn't kick into anything. Yeah. Oh. I like the piece of music in the credits as a piece of music, though. I just feel that it doesn't not, work I with still, Star Trek. I still think it feels like someone's noodling. But they're just like, well, we'll play a little bit over here. And you never get that at parties. Someone picks up a guitar and they yeah, play like, and just like three bars of Wonderwall. Then yeah. they kick into something else. You're yeah. like, play one song. <laughs> Finish Wonderwall. Yeah. Because now it's stuck in my head. The other thing I should say, re-watching that, watching that Red Letter Media stuff that's infected my brain. And it is, again, you know, if you want to tell the Picard story, you got to figure out what your through line is. So this is a, 
it's just something they've had to do for the show, but it doesn't really hang together in the overall universe. They just put together a whole lot of, of clips of Picard talking about like Data was, you know, a very meaningful, my best friend. Just all these clips of him, Picard just ignoring Data on the show. <laughs> like he was very cold on most of the crew, but he was most cold with Data on the show. Like in the movies, I think they kind of built that relationship oh, right. more. Okay. But it's like he says in this episode as well, he was my, you know, the man I've been mourning for 14 years. Yeah. And I can just see like there's a scene of, they showed a scene of like Data playing music at some recital and Picard just walks out and Data just looks like a, like a, a lost puppy he's gone. like <laughs> what he's like Picard says he was my best friend he's like no Jordy was his best friend <laughs> and they have a clip of Data saying Jordy LaForge is someone I would consider my best friend yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good episode it will it might I would worry it might be like a brain fungus that will kind of ruin your enjoyment of Picard but it is interesting to see these contrasts it is mm. like you have to move the times of Picard you know, Patrick Stewart obviously wants to act a little more than he did in mm. The Next Generation, which is very much, we got a week to shoot this stuff. Do, keep going, buddy. Yeah, keep just, just do a thing. Yeah, to do a thing, whereas you, you want to have more emotion and he wants to, you know, stretch his muscles a little bit more, axing muscles and leg muscles with those stair shots yeah. uh, a little bit more. So I'm okay with it, but it is hilarious to see this contrast. I'm okay with that too, because we get to see Picard as kind of a broken man mm. or just out of touch. It's mm. quite sad, but I like it because mm. I want to see how he digs himself out of this hole. Even when he like wants to communicate with Michelle Hurd's Raffi, Commander Raffi, mm. he's like... Commander? Is she Commander? She's, I think she's she the was, lady in the desert oh, with curly hair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know all I, we, and she's got a gun. It's like Starfleet utopian thing. You can just buy guns and live in the desert. But I like when he just taps the badge and he's just like, Rafi, it's Picard, please don't hang up, right? I mean, it's like mm. he's just reaching out to whoever. Yeah. New badge, who dis? <laughs> <laughs> I was like screaming, what's in the box? And he goes outside, it's like the Admiral yeah. box thing. Is Are we getting to a point where we're just watching the breaking of our heroes? Like, Oh, we've Logan, seen it. Yeah. Logan's yeah. done it, right? now. Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, now Picard. It's this idea that a guy that we thought was the one to take over and become admiral and be the bestest mm. admiral there will ever be, and then to find out later that he kind of bungled it. Well, this is something I've been I've been meaning to write about, which is the Javier uh, I can never pronounce his name Javier Grillo Marchwash. He's the guy who created the Middleman TV series. Uh-huh. Um, oh yes, he worked on I think Lost as well. Um, I love Middleman. Yeah, Middlemost great. <laughs> um, but he did this thing about the churn. It was like the Star Wars were like the most eventful thing in those people's lives. Like right. after that, they went off, had kids, settled down, whatever, right? But there's, and he was talking about writing a, a TV show where there was, he he, he, he handed in a, a premise for the, for the show and the producer said, all I see here is the churn, which is that every week something has to be happening. You know, it's just like, it's what we have now with the sequel trilogy. It's just like this, the Star Wars, the original trilogy, that wasn't the most important thing in these people's lives. Right. So like we just have every day is a nightmare for these people. And yeah, yeah. This is what you get in the expanded universe with like, who are the lizard aliens who invaded in Star Wars? The Yungan Voss or something like that? Oh, yes. Is that what they're called? Uh, not the lizard aliens. There was the like Jack Vash one sort of. big guy, right? In Shadows of the Empire. No, no, no. That, there was another, there was an alien Borg race that came from outside the, de- oh, outside the galaxy. Yes, or something. that's right. But this idea, there's just like, it's constant. It's like, it becomes less like an adventure, more like real life. It's just, this is their real life. Mm. And that idea of someone just going off to happy ever after, I think it's just, as a culture, we're kind of like realizing there is no happy ever after. You know, yeah. Game of Thrones classically is what happens after the prince T- t- takes down the monarchy and marries the princess yeah. and kind of things. You yeah. know, that, that, that it's it's still shit. It's just yeah. a different guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that comes around as well to they have to do this because 
boomers won't let go. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is six, 60 years after Star Trek 75. What is it? 80? 1969, wasn't it? Yeah, ages. Yeah. yeah. So it's been a long time getting from there to here. We're still doing Star Trek. Yeah. We're not. What's the next thing? Yeah. Where, no, where but we, we're still we, doing old Star Trek. Yes. Like yeah. we haven't let go. Yeah. But, but it's not like, let go of Picard, yeah, but it's right? like, but you can, you get this nostalgia used to run in 20 year mm. um, cycles. Cycles. Like I remember going to nightclubs and they would have like 80, they would have 60s and 70s nights when I was in my 20s. And then later on, they moved to 80 nights. And but it, 80s nights haven't stopped. No, it's like now the, the, the culture is fractured enough. You can get enough money from one niche to keep going. Yeah. So... There is an element of if we show them, if we send them off, then we can send them off for good and do something new with it or move on to something else. Mm. And because we're not, what, what is the other big, now Star Wars is ended, Star Trek is back. What's the other big science fiction or fantasy? We're doing Lord of the Rings again. Yeah, we're doing yeah. Lord of the Rings again. Avenue 5 didn't take off, right? No. <laughs> didn't do it for you. Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time is about to be a series. Yeah. And that's just trying to cash in on the Game of Thrones Is thing. that book series even finished yet? Oh, no, it did. It did. So after he died, uh. Brian Sanderson took over. Uh, and I, being the sucker that I am, have read all of them. Yeah. They're kind of garbage. Uh, no, <laughs> Thank no. you for that review. No. Because hey, I'm always like, you should read those books. And a friend of mine was like, on, he was like, before, like, I, I think I had this conversation 20 years ago. And I was like, even then I thought, there's too many books. No, there's too many books, right? Because as a kid, I started reading The Wheel of Time, right? And the first few books were amazing. Yeah. And, and Robert Jordan is, is doing the same thing. Mm. Or George R. R. Martin is doing the same thing Robert Jordan did. And then he will die. Because George R. R. Martin does not look like a healthy, slim man. No. He might have heart problems and we will never get that last book. He should stop eating all that money. <laughs> no, so someone finishes it afterwards and it's based on all of his treatments yeah. and all of that stuff. But it reached that point where you would have an entire book which didn't feature any of your favorite characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And I'm just like, but where's this guy? That's I love the patio this book. guy. It's like, I want to get the patio redone. So I wrote this book and we'll crank it out. So... Yeah, I mean, we have to. It's seeing people. It's 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 being. I think it's more just a more realistic approach. <laughs> I'd gladly watch a you know a web series where Picard just reads like uh, Moby Dickens. Dick. <laughs> oh, yeah, Moby Dick in front of a fireplace and then goes for a nap and has some tea. Like, but also, do we want to see how these guys end? I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, with Logan, with Last Jedi, and Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker, like maybe I was happy to see them at their prime, like with all good things. Mm. Mm. Picard went out as this hero. And sure, there was some bad stuff too, like this illness that might come back to get mm. him and all that stuff. But we got to see one last adventure. And even with the movies, fine. Even with First Contact. And Nemesis was a terrible movie, but he still did heroic things. Mm. The end of Logan, for example, I I loved Logan, but I hated the way Xavier ends because mm. I love Charles mm. as a character. And I'm just like, it's so sad and mm. miserable and real, almost too real. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. I know, but also, he's there's, like not, there's, my there's hero. a large swath of X-Men comics where Xavier's yes. a massive dick. He is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the well, current the, the current, current one line is kind of, kind after of House of X and Powers of oh, X. I haven't got, uh, so Bahi and I have been reading this, and if you're an X-Men fan and you're listening, you might want to check it out because it's very interesting because they've moved away from the, I guess. X-Men as a metaphor for minority rights and gay rights, they're kind of moving into X-Men as a metaphor for the Israeli state. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. they all have all this power and money mm, and yeah. now they're just telling the world, you've oppressed us for long enough. Yeah. And I'm just like, but you guys sound like such dicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Typical human would say that. <laughs> so, so what are we thinking? Is episode two a good... For me, the overarching question is... What is, is the show? Not only that, but is episode two 
going to be the one where non-Star Trek Trekkies, like big hardcore guys, fall out. out. Yeah. No, I think there's, for me, I think there's enough acting chops and lines and set pieces mm, that will swearing. pull you through and swearing and drama, right? There's yeah. enough of drama. Like, yeah, there's a lot. Oh in my the God, there's, there's, there's swearing and there's sexy times. There's no nudity. It is Game of Thrones. In space. It is Game of Thrones in space. <laughs> there's enough in that opening sequence. I know there's a lot of jargon yeah. mm. when they're doing that investigative bit. Yeah. And they just leptons. go through with the leptons I and couldn't stuff. even be arse looking up what leptons no, were used for before. No, I know they no. were used somewhere else, but I was but, just like, I've had enough. <laughs> but, the, but the good thing about Star Trek is, and that's always been the great thing about Star Trek, it doesn't matter. You yeah, can right. talk about positronic yeah, yeah. brains mm-hmm. and all that no, stuff. And if you don't know, the, I think it was the, the Next Generation scripts used to have, um, um, we yeah. need to, and then it just says Technobabble. And then one they, one they would have a team of people who would fill in the Technobabble and put like some scientific stuff right. in there. Huh. Um that's a that's an easy script to write. Yeah, <laughs> we got a techno bubble, the techno bubble before the techno bubble, techno bubbles, and it's yeah. like they would say put in like something about like quantum mechanics or something like that. Right. But I think the, the discovery went off crazy on that because I didn't again. Red Letter Media guys did a whole thing about in Void in Discovery this year. They were like, we can't do this thing. We could never do this thing. It's like, well, what if we take this thing from this thing? It's like, and they're doing like the power of science and math, which I'd forgotten happened. That they were like high fiving uh, just as science bitch and all this kind of stuff in yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about all that stuff. So there is. You can get into plot holes of uh, problems of your own plot making if you just have, here's the problem, but we go back two pages and insert, we have this thing from earlier mm. that we could reuse this. Yeah. Picard hasn't done that yet. There's no MacGuffins lying around that he can use apart from friendships. Right. Yeah. So mm. hopefully we'll get some backstory. I was wondering actually should if Raffrey was just because uh, Alfred Woodward wasn't available or did she stay in the past from Nemesis, from First Contact? First Contact? I think she stayed in the past with Cromwell. Uh, yeah. Would have been cool if it was her though. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. We'll see, though. I mean, but Michelle Hurd is great. So it's great that we finally get to see her. And she's going to be a main character anyway. So, mm. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so Rafi looks like, from the trailers, it looks like she's on the ship with yes. him. So I think she will be part of his small crew mm. out on an adventure in space. His squad. His squad. Card squad. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. I think that about covers episode two. Yeah. yeah. And I, the I mean, after the episode finished, though, I think... I was telling Bahir, this is, yet again, this is one of the things that I need the next episode immediately. Yeah. Mm. But I'm also happy that I get it over this extended period of time because it gives me genuinely something to look forward to week on week yeah. and not that 10 episode drop of something new. Which I'm starting time. to resent. I'm starting to hate it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Although it should, be, it should be pointed out like we have had certain screeners for like two weeks and they're still only like mainline them the week before is like shit I should this. When did I start this last week? Yeah. Ah. Two episodes a day would have been fine. Five episodes in two days is not uh, five episodes across two di- ten episodes across two days is not a good thing. Anyway. Too much stuff. Too much stuff. Yeah. All right. Star Trek Picard is streaming on CBS All Access if you live in the United States and on Amazon Prime if you live everywhere else. Also, I think if you're in the States, you can watch the first episode on YouTube for free for a limited time mm-hmm. to try and get you hooked in. Let us know what you think. You can go to goggler.my slash contact and send us an email. Uh, you can also go to any one of our social sites. We're on everything except LinkedIn at the moment uh, or TikTok, but Bahi's really working on that one. No, we're not. <laughs> but Are the- we on Byte yet? We got to get Byte. Oh, Byte. What? Byte, Byte is, is like the Vine new again. Vine. Literally. It's it literally is. just six seconds of video. No. We'll talk about this in the new show. Moving on. <laughs> Goggler, my on all of the socials. Check us out and let us know what you think of Star Trek Picard. Are you in for the long haul? Are you loving it? Are you hating it? 
If you're hating it, we may not ever be able to talk to you ever again. Oh, also send us episodes that Bahir should watch from yes. to get a previous Picard goodness. How are we really going to do Because oh, I'm already getting trash on Twitter about the movies I should watch for, for Studio Ghibli. Mm. There's going to be so many things from me that I should have to watch. Well, that's your no, own this fault is, for this not is, watching Studio Ghibli movies. This, no. is, this is your life now. Yeah. <laughs> it's your life now. I know. But no, actually, that's a good thing. What, that's what we should do, Ian. At the end of every Star Trek Picard review... We should have an episode for here to watch for the next episode. And he will review that episode on the go. podcast. You just, vol- you just got volunteered for work. <laughs> no! Hurrah! <laughs> this has been another episode of Goggler Presents. Check out our other podcasts as well. You can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you find your podcasts. And we're out. <laughs>